Welcome back to the thermometer. This is episode seven. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about kind of the future outlook of the AL Central specifically. I'm Will Fritz. I'm with Nolan. How are we doing, Nolan? Pretty good. We're going to be talking some AL Central, everyone's favorite division. You know, Yankees fans, Red Sox fans love to complain that they they would be in first place. If they were in this division, they'd probably like already won 100 games most likely. I don't know. Like, it's a stupid argument, but let's continue. Um, All right. Is there any headlines that we need to talk about right now? Is there anything going on in baseball that's like we have to do before we kind of start? The Mariners are 9-1 in their last 10 games, but yet they still only have like a 40% chance to make the playoffs. So they're definitely an interesting team. I want them to make doing well. Yeah. Because having a having a top three of Castillo, Gilbert, and Kirby in the playoffs would just be electric, in my opinion. Yeah. They're pretty similar to the Twins, where their hitting isn't that great, but their rotation's amazing. But I do think the, yeah. Mar- the Mariners have a better bullpen, though, which I think is the main they difference. They do. All right, that'd so... Be, that'd be a fun series, though. Yeah. yeah. What we're going to talk about is sort of like the three-year outlook, the future of the division, like what teams have the best futures of what teams don't and like prob we're going to talk about what we think they should do in the next couple of years to yeah move themselves this is, closer this is towards we're, we're kind of looking for a way to we're in august right now it's august 12th we're kind of thinking this is these are kind of the dog days how can we look forwards in terms of where these teams are at and especially the al central which is just a mess of a division right now but i feel like that's all that also kind of shadows like some of these teams do have good outlooks in the future but no one really talks about them so that's why we kind of want to cover them today yep all right so starting with the royals we'll just go over a couple things their farm system is not highly rated 28th on fan graphs 26th on bleacher report for their overall farm system and it's like I mean, they're just not, and they don't have very many like above average big league contributors. Like they have Salvador Perez, who's been pretty bad this year. Brady Singer's been good in the past, has been not that good this year. And then obviously people like Vinny Pasquantino are out for the season. But I think we can, it's kind of safe to say now that Bobby Witt Jr. is a superstar. I agree. <laughs> like if you look at their roster, it comes down to Vinny Pascantino getting healthy. It comes down to Bobby Witt and MJ Melendez. Yeah, so I just like those, that's going to be their main core for the future. So something They're to building up that question. Yeah, so just back to Bobby Witt. Just pulled up Savant here. 89th percentile ex Woba, 100th percentile outs above average at shortstop, 100th percentile sprint speed. Wow. He's like the definition of a five-tool player. Yeah. And we knew it when he was coming up, and we knew also his first half was kind of fluky in terms of he just severely underperformed what his numbers said he should have done. So we knew he'd have a big second half, but now he's officially going nuclear. It's so it's so crazy. He's just one of those guys where he has a he has a high he has a really high floor. Yeah, I mean his yeah his woba is 
30 points lower than his ex-WOBA, and he's still on pace for like a six-war season. So, yeah, he's been incredible. Yeah, like he's going to be one of those guys where the next five, ten years, he's going to kind of stay in that conversation of, he's going to be like a Francisco Lindor type, I think. I mean, that's obviously a high comparison, but it's like the next five, ten years, we're always going to kind of have him, even if he's not hitting extremely well one year or um, his sprint speed decreases a little bit, he's still going to kind of be in that top five, ten shortstop range every single year in terms of F4. Hall of Fame career path already for Bobby Wood Jr. (laughs) For sure. Um, What else with the Royals? There's not, like... What do you what do you do? I mean, I, I think like my assessment of the Royals is they have a lot of young guys in the majors, but none of them actually play good. Like they have yeah. Massey, Melendez, Olivares, Isbell, Taylor, Marsh, Eaton. Like those are I mean, they're all young guys and they had some sort of prospect status, but none of them are actually performing in the big leagues. And yeah. the other thing I would say is like they don't have any like good veterans to trade. Yeah, because there's to there's get no, like, to boost their farm system. Like no one wants Salvador Perez, and like I think Bra- yeah. they could trade Brady Singer and probably get something for him. But he's like your only good pitcher. So yeah. And then if I if I pull up spot track, they have three, but four guys. Or five guys past pre-arb, Salvador Perez, Jordan Lyles. Okay, we don't need to talk about Jordan Lyles. Brady Singer, Matt Duffy, and Nick Whitgren, a reliever, and Taylor Hearn too. But these aren't guys that are really providing a lot of value. You understand why Salvador Perez is there. Obviously, he's been a solid hitter his pretty much his entire career. And he's been struggling this year, but historically, like, he's been a strong bat for them. And then there's not any anyone else who isn't pre Okay, actually, like, I think, I, I don't know. I don't think Salvador Perez, what do you think his career WRC plus is? If I had to guess, yeah. be, I'm guessing it's like 105. Oh, it's okay, it's 103. I thought you were going to go way higher, but... I don't no, know. I, well, I just, for the catcher position, like a 105 WRC plus is, I don't know. That, like, yeah, that's but he's also like catch. the, he's also like the worst feeling catcher in the league. He's completely yeah. awful. He should not be, yeah, he should not be, he should be an everyday DH for them, especially with no Vinny as that, like a big bat in their lineup. Like he should be the DH every day. Yeah. I, um, I just think his career is kind of overrated because you look at it and it's like, he's had just as many years under 100 wrc plus than over a w 100 wrc plus so i don't know i think they just saw like 2020 and 2021 where he had like over 125 wrc plus and they're like oh he's just gonna rake forever and he just didn't and he's now 33 years old 2020 161 wrc plus like what well he only played 37 games too yeah i mean he was really really good in 2021 but yeah he was Besides that, I mean, he's like that, never had an amazing season. Really, that's when his defense really dropped too, though. Yeah, like no one wants Salvador Perez. He's making twenty million dollars a year, and he's like an average he's, catcher. He's gonna be. They're gonna keep him for the rest of his career. I. I, I don't know. They they keep him for 
until 2025 and then 2026 there's a club option and they'll yeah. probably pick it up one guy that is interesting from the pitching staff they picked up cole ragans i think how do you call ragans yeah ragans from, from uh, the uh a chapman trade yeah and he's a 25 year old lefty he's got good velo averages like 96 miles an hour on his fastball and so far, he's made three starts for the Royals. 1.02 ERA, 1.46 FIP, 2.75 XFIP. He's been solid for them. He's definitely one of their better starters. And he has a lot of team control. So there's a piece, I guess, a good trade that the Royals made. Yeah. But it's like a, they don't have... Like we just mentioned, they need, to, they need to develop these young guys. So then they have like consistent bats every single day. Yeah. Or and consistent the, every single day. I mean, and also the organization is just like in a weird spot because they're trying to get a new stadium as well. And yeah, I don't know. If well, they just have. They also just have historically bad development at developing pitchers, and they're starting to kind of get better with Cole Reagans, especially. I mean, but, but they didn't really develop him. They've had yeah, him for like two months. Yeah, but they've been look at look at his. What are his splits so far? He's been way better with the Royals, but he's only made three starts, so. Yeah. Okay. Limited sample. Yeah. I mean. Um. I mean, I so, just so the takeaway is they don't have any good is, players. The outlook is is they need to just they need to hold Bobby Witt tight. They need to keep developing Vinny Pascantino. That's going to be those are going to be your two guys. And then they need to scrap. A rotation together because you were hoping you were hoping that um what's the uh i'm blanking on his name singer not brady yeah brady singer you were hoping that a brady singer would kind of develop and this year has been he's just been terrible but la- last year he was solid last year he looked really good and never <laughs> and then i there was multiple things i read in the offseason that were projecting him to have a really good year and he just didn't I mean his his um, K's are his K's are down and his walks are up. His velocity's yeah. up though, which is interesting. So, I mean the Royals are just kind of boring because they just don't have a good farm system and they don't really have a good team. So yeah, they don't have any huge names that we're excited to talk about besides yeah. Bobby Witt. Well, I I think the thing is is I think Bobby Witt's going to be like. A Juan Soto type situation where like once he has like two years of team control left they're gonna trade him because they're still yeah. not gonna be a good team and they don't want to just let him walk in free agency mm-hmm. I mean I think that I I mean I think what the Royals should do is try to sign him to like an eight eight to ten year contract right now like one of those pre-R extension things because yeah. I think they're gonna lose him because yeah two years from now three years from now he'll be like okay I have two years of team control left this team sucks. I don't want to resign here. And then they're going to try to trade him. So yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, I agree. There's a reason that we did them first. We don't have a lot of confidence in where the Royals, especially in the next three years, where they're going to be in three years from now. Uh, do you want to do the White Sox now, or do you want to do the let's, Tigers? Let's do the White Sox because we talked about them in like our deadline episode. We thought they made some good moves at the deadline. They could have definitely moved to Manderson. But I don't know if anyone really wanted him. Yeah. Uh, 
White Sox, this is where different publications just value different things in terms of farm ranking. They're 12th in fan graphs for their farm, farm ranking, and then they're 29th on Bleacher Report. So it's like an average. I would give it like it's an average farm. It's solid. They've got some good pieces that we'll get to. Their young core, it's Luis Robert. You have Andrew Benintendi, and you have Dylan Cease. That's, I mean, that's going to be your core for the next couple of years. You just signed to Andrew Benintendi to the largest contract in White Sox history, which is crazy. Um, do I love Andrew Benintendi? No, but I, I mean, he's going to be on above, a, slightly above average bat. A two and a half war player. Sure. Um, which is <laughs> the White Sox could, the White Sox take a two and a half war player every single day. Um, and then they have Dylan Cease, who was floated. A, obviously, he was floated at the trade deadline. I think we talked about maybe where he could go. He ended up staying, which I think was a mistake on the White Sox part. Um, but now they do have that solid piece. Eloy, he has a club option in 25 and 26. I think that next year's massive for him. Can he literally stay on the field? If he can not. Did you see the video of him getting hurt during the during the fight? Yeah. But, he, I mean, he's been playing, but... Even when he plays, he's not that good. Like he's a DH yeah. only. He's a DH, yeah, only, he's a and, DH only, and you have to rake. Yeah, and you I have to rake if you're I mean, DH, And they they just have so many bad contracts. Like the Benintendi contract, it kind of sucks. Like the Yoan Moncada contract sucks because he's horrible. Yeah. And a lot of the guys they thought were gonna be good, like we've been waiting for them to break out for like three years, like Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. They, like they came up as big prospects and they just never break and broken out you could sort of say the same thing about michael kopech like obviously the yeah. stuff's amazing but he's just walking way too many guys mm -hmm. it, so since 2019 eloy jimenez has missed 259 days with an injury so but what worries me is in 2019, it was an ankle and an elbow. 2021, it was a pec. In 2022, it was a hamstring. 2023, it was also a hamstring again for a short period. And then this year, it's been his appendix. It's like he has been paid $6 million while injured over those years. Yeah, yeah I mean... And I, it's not a big contract either. I, I, I think the positive side with Eloy Jimenez is he has a career one 122 WRC plus yeah so he's like he's always hit well it's just the issue is I think he can stay healthy if he's a DH only and I agree but they just need to like clear out some of their payroll but the issue with that is I think if they clear out their payroll like I don't think they'll spend money I mean like yeah. I think next like next year Tim Anderson's gone, Mike Clevenger's gone, and then the year after that, Yohan Moncada will be gone. So you do you assume that do we are we do we assume that the White Sox turned down the club option for, for Tim Anderson? In yeah, definitely, they definitely will. Yeah, I don't think he wants to be then, there either. So yeah, I don't think he does. I think he's yeah. Uh, and then I don't know. They might keep Mike Clevenger. It's a mutual option next year. I just twelve million dollars. It's not a terrible like for starting for how much starting pitchers we're seeing like starting pitchers signed for now. It's not a terrible deal. 
he hasn't been good, but he can kind of be that bridge piece for the next the next guys that come up, whether it's a Noah Schultz or whoever it is. But uh, they have some close prospects. Colson Montgomery is probably definitely their best prospect, top 20, 25 prospect in baseball. He's 21 year old shortstop in Double A right now. He's kind of he's a well rounded bat that definitely still needs some work in the field, but his hit tool is solid. His power tool is good. Um, Crazy high walk rate, they too. We got Edgar Caro. They also got Edgar Caro in the Giolito deal, I believe. Um, he'll, fill, he'll fill that catcher role in hopefully 20, 2025 or 2026. So then, I mean, you got to get Yohan Moncada out of there. You just got rid of Jake Berger, which helps. I, I mean, they got um, Jake Eater. Which is gonna be a big I mean, for them. I mean, it's kind of I mean, they didn't really get that much in the trade deadline. Like they got mid tier prospects, but their farm system was so bad that most of those guys just slotted right into the top ten. So it helps them with I them. mean, Jake Jake Eater is gonna definitely be interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah. And they got did they they got Noah Schultz too in that in uh No, I think they just drafted him. Yeah, they yeah. did in the first round, and they got Jacob Gonzalez too. I so. think that they they have two main things they need to do. First of all, it's like the Bobby Witt situation. I think they need to hold Luis Robert too. It's like you need to build around him, and everyone else is on the market. Everyone else you can work with. Everyone else you can is exchangeable. Yeah. Um, I think the issue but, though is he's. Are they gonna want to let him walk in free agency in like two, three years? Or I feel like it's a similar situation with Bobby Wood Jr., where probably when he has like two years of team control left, he's gonna get traded because I don't think he wants to stay with the White Sox. I don't know why anyone would. Well, I think that they're due for a blow up. I think that they need to flush out management and staffing. I think that it's really messy right now. Well, I I, I think Everything the problem yeah, messy. I think Rick Hahn is probably gone soon. I mean, I think it starts with the ownership though. So until they sell the team, until they get new owners, I think the White Sox are never going to be good. So because yeah, there's just they're like the Athletics some, to be honest. They're like the A's. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a it's like a it's like a situation where if you were a fan of the, the White Sox you question whether you want to be a fan anymore. Yeah. In my opinion. And there's not many teams in the league that you have to do that. Like the Royals, it's, you're hoping for a good future. But it's... This doesn't look good. You just saw what Kenyon Middleton just came out and said. And then Lance Lynn literally agreed with it. And he's like... Did you did you see Kenyon Middleton? The relievers, the relievers sleeping in the bullpen. Yeah, and then also when Kenyon Middleton like played in Chicago for the Yankees, I think this past week they like oh, didn't yeah. put his name up on the scoreboard. Like when he came in the game, they didn't put his name up on the scoreboard, and it was just That's blank. Crazy. That's crazy. Wow. But there's a lack of there's a lack of accountability in that office or in that organization. I think that it's a scary future for the White Sox. Genuinely. Yeah, I think they definitely have like the worst outlook in the AL Central, yeah. and I would say that just because I'm not, I think it might be the worst outlook of any team. Just because their front, 
that besides the besides the A's, but the A's are like moving, so it's I mean, it doesn't yeah. help a lot. But. I mean, yeah, I just I think, think the that... front office and ownership is so incompetent that they just have to you luck in. You can't hope for you can't hope for them to turn it around. Yeah, like their 21, 2021 season where they made the playoffs was just lucking into something. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move on to something a little more fun. Let's talk about. You want to do Tigers? Or yeah. Do you want to do Detroit Tigers. All right, uh, Detroit Tigers, 15th on Fangraphs and Farm Ranking, 14th on Bleacher Report. So, once again, average. Uh, they have a good – I mean, they have, like, a projectable young core. They have almost their entire roster is pre-arb guys. Riley Green, Kerry Carpenter, Matt Vierling are kind of, I would say, their young core for the future. <laughs> Javi Baez is definitely an opt-in to – the next four years with the Tigers and they're going to pay him what 80 million something like that um I don't know what to do with him you just like he's fine I mean the thing is is he's fine because he's not going to hit well but he's still he's still good enough on defense where I think he could be an average average ish shortstop I mean the issue is like last year he had a 90 WRC plus two war but this year he's just been even worse he's been so bad this year yeah, I, um, I think, but like for the next, you have to plug him in as your shortstop for the next four years in Detroit. I mean, it's not like he's like blocking any prospects. They don't really have any shortstop prospects or anything yeah, like that. So I th- I think he'll be a fine shortstop. It's just the issue is you're over, you're way, way, way overpaying him. But I think yeah. you won't have a problem having him be your primary shortstop. I agree. Um, Spencer Torkelson, I, he's been better this year. Like he has an 95 wrc plus i believe around there but we were just talking about before we recorded that he's been pretty unlucky as well was 40 points below than his actual uh so when we say when it's 40 points below that means that he's expected his expected woba is around 340 which is above average but his woba which is how he's actually hitting is around 300 so it's going to regress to a – I mean, like, he might finish the year at three. There's not a lot of season left, but we're just saying that he's hitting the ball harder and he's getting a little unlucky. Yeah, I, I, his peripheral peripheral hitting stats are looking good, too. Like, he's walking a decent amount. He's not chasing. He's not swinging and missing a ton. He's and good barrel year, rates. Last year, same, pretty much same amount of games. He had eight home runs compared to this year. He has 17. Yeah. So, like, he's tapping into that power where when we saw him coming out of college as, like, literally one of the best college-hitting prospects ever, he's kind of figuring it out now. He spent very short time in the minor leagues we also were talking about. So, it, it looks like he, he looks like your first baseman of the future, your DH of the future. Um, And then you, you have these young guys. You have Max Clark. He was just drafted three out of high school. He's gonna look like a 2026, hopefully arrival, maybe 2027. Um, obviously, drafting a prep guy, there's definitely more risk, but there can also be more reward. And he looks like a five-tool guy. Um, and then you have Cold Keith. He's also a strong bat with, with he, it comes with average and with power. He still needs to kind of find a position, but he'll most likely end up either at least i mean he's listed as 
third base slash second baseman, but I think he's going to end up at third if I had to guess. Maybe first if Torque turns into their full-time DH. Um, because they're gonna get because Miggy's gonna retire after this year, and then that DH spot will be open. Which I, yeah, I think Torque has been horrible in the field, so maybe moving him to full time DH will help, or they yeah. could maybe try moving one of them to a corner outfield. Yeah. Also, yeah. not really sure. Yeah, but. and then uh, Jace Young is also a middle infielder who, who could help. Jackson Job is hopefully coming up soon as well, right-handed pitcher um if you look at so like three-year outlook if you look in if you look in three years you have a 25 or 25 26 year old or no you have like a 28 year old riley green my fault and then no he's only 20 he's only 22 right now okay so yeah 25 year old riley green you have a 28 year old carrie carpenter and you have a 22 year old max clark hopefully hopefully he's up with 21 year old max clark that's like a good that's a fun outfield i would love to be a tigers fan and watch those three play in the outfield together because carrie carpenter's kind of been that spark plug he's pretty much been one of their only consistent bats this year um because riley green has only he hasn't played that many games right yeah now. and another prospect to think about who's probably going to be up next year is wilmer flores yeah. he's he's like a right-handed pitcher in double a right now who's pitching solid i mean they need some depth in their rotation they have like scuba and eduardo rodriguez who i think the tigers might might have a chance of keeping because he didn't really because they tried to trade yeah, him but then he didn't want to go so it seems like he likes yeah, playing in detroit maybe if, if he would have if he would have taken that trade to la because if you compare la and detroit i feel like a lot of players are going to want to live in la However, so he he utilizes his no trade clause, so he doesn't because he was gonna get sent to LA, doesn't get sent to LA, ends up staying with the Tigers, and now it's kind of being floated that he's gonna stay because he likes where he's at, just as a as a person. Regard taking taking baseball away from it, but maybe he's just comfortable in Detroit, and he might end up actually picking up that option, which before the trade deadline, everyone assumed he'd be traded as a rental. And then he'd go into the free, uh, kind of like unrestricted free agent market. But now it looks like he might stay. They have number one overall pick too, Casey Mize. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow he's like 26 now. Yeah, I'm, he's just been injured. I remember because he was, yeah, he was first overall. He's been, is, is this like his second Tommy John? It might be. But either way, he's working. Apparently he's, working he's throwing a bullpen like today. So he might be back Good. this season. He'll definitely be back this season. I mean, obviously, Tarek Skubal, one of the best lefties in the league. He's amazing. He's one of my favorite then, pitchers. He's been like yeah. incredible this year. Yeah. Uh, so if you have if you have Tarek Skubal, if you have Jackson Job, if you have hopefully Casey Mize comes back and he's a strong arm, what you thought you'd get out of college from him, and then you have a mix of Matt Manning. Who's still kind of he's still kind of figuring it out, but he's shown flashes that look really good. I mean, still like maybe Boy, Matthew Boyd. Boyd. His name's like Matthew yeah. Boyd. He's hurt right now too. And I guess they have Austin Meadows too. He's kind of in like a he's out with anxiety. Yeah. So, so he might. Hopefully. He's shown he can hit sometimes in the big leagues. So. <laughs> I mean, what I would say about the Tigers is that they're kind of in no man's land in the AL Central where, like, for the next, like, three years, I just see them finishing third. 
because they have like a better team and a better future right now than both the White Sox and the Royals. But they just I think they're not I as think good as it, the Twins could, and the Guardians. I think that it could be second though. Yeah, I I, I just I think, think, that think it, this is the thing though. I don't think that like what we're seeing from the AL Central right now. I don't think it's gonna change. Like I don't think we're gonna have. I don't think the AL Central is gonna have two or more playoff teams in the next coming like in the next coming years. Genuinely, like yeah. 2026, I don't think that there's gonna be two. I don't 2025, 2026, whatever it is. I don't think that there's gonna be two teams out of the AL Central that make the playoffs. Yeah, but I I don't know. I still think there's a pretty big gap between the Tigers and the or the Twins and the Guardians and then the Tigers. I don't know. I agree. All right. Um. Uh. But I I do like the future of the Tigers a lot more than the White Sox. I think that they're they're gonna be a much more fun team than the White Sox. I'm gonna be following them. I think that their rotation could end up being sneaky, sneaky good with Scoobal, Job, uh, Casey Mize. If Ty Madden or Wilmer Flores comes up and they do their thing, I think it'd be a fun rotation to watch. Yeah, it's just you look at you go look at Casey Mize and he is like barely pitched at all, like in his professional career. So we're like, I think he had 150 innings, 150 innings in 2021. Like, no, he hasn't pitched more than, like, 100 innings in any other season. Yeah. Like, since that season in 2021, he's pitched 10.2 innings. So, we'll see how good he is. He has, like, a career 4.59 xFIP, which is slightly below average. But he has so solid stuff, so. Yeah, it's just so interesting, like, playing in that... Playing the SEC senior year, or playing the SEC, he played for he was played for Auburn. His last year, he had a three three ERA. Who was he was ten and six, point eight seven two whip. Like, I I want to go back and kind of do a deeper dive. Was it an under slot? Looked like before. It might have been like a weird under yeah, slot thing. Was. All right, there probably was. Yeah. Um. All right, let's move. Let's talk Guardians, yep. So, people think, a lot of sites say they have a very good farm. They're fifth on Fangraphs, 15th on Bleacher Report. Some of their guys that, so they signed Andres Jimenez and Miles Straw, Emmanuel Classe and Trevor Steffen to like long pre-arb deals. And then they have Jose Ramirez on a long-term deal. And then they have a lot of control over like, Quantrill, Naylor, McKenzie, Quan, BB, Allen, Arias, Williams. Like, they have a lot of pitching depth. Shane Bieber is possibly, like, gone after next year, and he has, like, a weird injury right now. So he's kind of – he's probably gone and not probably part of their long-term plans, but they also have, They're like, guys like lot, Espino. Yeah, they have Espino, too, who's, like – he's been, like, a very good prospect, but he's not performing amazing this year. So – but one thing I think they could do is definitely trade from their pitching surplus. They have like a lot of guys who teams would probably want as like a four or five, like Battenfield or Gaddis or like maybe even Quantrill. Like they could think about trading those guys just because they have pretty good starting pitching depth. Like maybe next year, just because they're so injured this year. And they might they, have like they should target like a they should definitely target like a power hitting right fielder. Yeah. I mean, I think that that'd be huge because they struggle with, like last year they went for, 
Or they made the deal for Josh Bell, which obviously didn't turn out very well. I thought it was a good ad at the time, but he's just not the hitter that we thought he would be coming out of Pittsburgh. Um, but they, they need to add like an actual big bat in right field. Well, yeah, I think their like first base DH situation is good because they did get Kyle Manzardo, who will yeah. definitely be ready next year. And they have yeah. Josh Naylor who's hurt right now, but has hit very, very well for them. So I think corner outfield is where they really need help. Mm-hmm. And like George Valera, who's like a prospect for them, is kind of that like power corner bat that they might need, but he's kind of... they have a lack of it because the Guardians have, or the Guardians slash Indians have a history of going for these contact-focused hitters, whether it's a Stephen Kwan whether it's an Andres Jimenez, Will Brennan, whether it's there's, there's just so many different guys that they're focused on contact. And that's kind of been the guardians thing. And we saw it kind of work last year, but if it wasn't for Oscar Gonzalez, Lynn sanity run, they wouldn't have really gone anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah. I would say Another thing they kind of need to figure out is who is their shortstop because they have like Gabriel Arias, they have Brian Rocchio, yep. they have Tyler Freeman, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's him. I, I mean, I think Rocchio is the best prospect, but yeah. <laughs> did you see the game where he made two errors to lose him the game? Like he has not hit well at all. Oh, yeah. He has yeah. an 84 WRC plus, right? And his Woba seventy is seventy points higher than his ex Woba. His ex Woba is two twenty nine. How many games has he played? How many games has he played? Only fifty. He only has fifty plate appearances. Okay. So I mean, but the other thing though, give, we need to give him a little more time. I, yeah, yeah, but also play. like he was a really highly touted prospect, but this year in AAA he has four hundred and thirteen plate appearances and only hundred and five WRC plus. Like yeah. And the year before that, he had 152 plate appearances in AAA, 81 WRC+. Plus. Like, he hasn't hit, really even hit in AAA yet. So I think they need to, like, figure out, is he a good hitter? Like, what do they want to do with him? Because I don't. they traded Ahmed Rosario. They have the, those three guys who are all shortstop prospects. But none of them have really performed, and none of them have broken out. So you don't really know. I think Arias, I mean, he can like move all over the place. We've seen him play first. We've seen him play in the outfield, but he also hasn't hit that well. It's just they have like a lot of these prospects who come up. They're fast. They play good in the field, but they just don't really hit. Like same thing with Will Brennan. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, Bo Naylor, he was supposed to be a bat first prospect. He's come up. He hasn't really hit. It's like a small, it's a pretty small sample. You know, 117 plate appearances. 75 wrc plus you know what i mean so it's just yeah. it's just they have so many prospects who are really close like they have george valera have, and none so, of them hit though none of they come up and they don't hit yeah this it's is like, what i was about to say so the they on fan graphs they have for brian rocchio they have a description as rocchio's feel for contact and his defensive ability drive a high probability everyday everyday profile I feel like they have so many guys that are like an everyday profile. Like, yeah, you can put them in the lineup every single day, and you will like, they'll be they'll be fine. And that's why they're they're just such like an average team right now. I mean, they're below average without their starting pitching right now, with all their injuries. But 
even when they're healthy, like I like this lineup is not you're not pitchers can totally slice them up. Yeah, and I think Kyle Manzardo will help. Like when you have next year Manzardo, sure. Ramirez, and then Josh Naylor, like that's a solid that's start. Gonna be a, that's a yeah. But I just think they need they need more bat first guys because like right now they have Will Brennan at DH whose strength is fielding and he's playing DH like he's not a very good hitter so I mean I I just think they need to figure out which prospects are the guys they actually want to use because all of them are kind of the same where like they are like decent prospects they've like hit a little bit in the minors but they haven't hit in the big leagues at all and none of them are like oh my gosh he is a 160 wrc plus in the minors they're all like oh you know he is like a 120 wrc plus or like a 110 like he's been an above average hitter in the minors but they just don't yeah. have anyone where you go oh my gosh like he's just gonna smoke the ball i don't know i think oh, this is really interesting like i i think that i'm looking at potential free agents for next year like who they could look to add so corner outfielders you have guys like michael conforto you have guys like harrison bader potentially cody like could you see a cody bellinger I mean, I think right. I think he's gonna stay. I, I, I think, think he's gonna yeah. Stay, but... I think right field is like the position they need the most. Tay Oscar. <laughs> yeah, so I think he's, t- been, he's like that is, but that's a. But he is good. Go he is good. Be terrible. He's good batted ball data though. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Who else could they go? I mean, they have the thing is though is they probably want to give George Valera a chance maybe, and he's sort of that like power hitting corner outfielder type yeah i don't know they just have too many prospects like they too many prospects in the upper minors like they're gonna have a 40-man crunch so they need to like move some guys like but the thing is is it's hard to move three guys who have done okay in the minors not hit at the big leagues for like one guy who's a good hitter yeah and their bullpen's kind of fallen off in the second half of the season too like they've totally yeah, James I don't know what happened to him. Yeah. He's just in triple A now. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Class A is obviously I mean, what's he looked like this year? He's been very he's been yeah. he's been solid. Yeah. I it's just so hard because like the Guardians are in this position and it's like these are the guys we have. Like we want to have Bone Bo Naylor, Brian Rocchio, you know, Gabriel Arias we want to let those guys play but they just haven't played well at all so it's like what do you do do you give them more time do you sign free agents do you send people back down do you try out other prospects it's like they just all these guys that they're planning to be solid big league contributors haven't hit yet it's still early but they could they could turn it around but it's just kind of a very uncertain time for the guardians yeah i agree all right um should we finish with the twins yeah so they're in first place right now they're three and a half games ahead of the guardians they have a very strong chance to make the playoffs like 86 percent right now according to fan graphs yep i think the main thing to talk about with the twins is they have a not very good farm system but they just graduated a bunch of guys like walner edward julian who else? Yep. They graduated. I, mean, I think kind of Alex Kirilov. Alex Kirilov. I, mean, I guess that wasn't very recent. I mean, they have a lot of guys. Like, I'll just go through the people who are like 
pre-arb Jeffers, Kirloff, Ryan, Duran, Ober, Lewis, Walner, Julian, Jax, Varland. Like all those guys aren't prospects anymore, but they still have like four or five years of team control of them. Yeah. And I think the one thing that's a little bit worrying about the Twins is the guys they have on long-term contracts who are Buxton, Correa, Vasquez, and then Paddock and Lopez kind of. But Buxton, Correa, and Vasquez have all been not very good this year, especially like Buxton obviously is, hasn't been healthy, hasn't been hitting. Correa's been amazing in the field but hasn't hit very well, but he's been healthy. And then Vasquez has just had like a horrible offensive season. And he's mean, still a good pitch framer. It's so been his first bad offensive, like this to this level, it's been his first. Like, I mean, really brutal offensive season. Yeah, like he's always been around. I mean, at least. I mean, I mean, but in I mean, in twenty twenty one though, he had a seventy six wrc plus. Last year, he had ninety nine wrc plus. This year, he has a sixty three. He's just been so up and down. In terms of his I mean, offense, his whole career, his whole career, his ex woba has sat somewhere between two eighty and three hundred, three three ten ish. Yeah. His peak. So he's never been like a. He's always been like a solid, like a, a at the catcher position. It's like a solid bat, but this year it's just been next level. I mean, it's not a horrible contract, three years, $30 million, but no. he's probably the backup catcher because Ryan Jeffress has been outplaying him. So I think that's a concern, and Buxton and Correa are a concern because it makes this sort of awkward yeah, situation yeah. where, like, do you sign, do you, fi- like, do you figure out a long-term plan at center field now? That's not well, Buxton. I think you have to. Yeah, because if, if Rocco comes out and he's saying that Buxton isn't close to playing outfield. Do we expect him to come back next year? And one, management be comfortable with him playing in the outfield, and two, him be comfortable. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's going on behind the curtains with Byron Buxton and his injury status throughout the years. And at this point, it's just like where where do you where do you go with someone like that? It's yeah. he's a DH only, but he's so freaking athletic. I I, th- I think the one thing that's a little bit promising is it like seems like they intimated at the beginning of the season or like in the off season that he could get surgery that would help him, but then he would have to be out for like an entire year, and they thought that wasn't necessary. And I would I mean I, my thought is like just get the surgery and figure. You would and- rather take. You would rather take a 2024-2025 healthy center fielder Byron Buxton than take a DH only for 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026. What does it look like? Like, is he going to get surgery now? Because in my opinion, the Twins next year versus this year, there's a better outlook next year. Yeah, and I... With Paddock coming back... (laughs) with the rotation what it looks like right now it's a young rotation with all these hitters that are young that you just mentioned that are all pre-arb you just mentioned royce lewis coming up you mentioned walner coming up you mentioned julianne coming up they've all done their thing you have jeffers you have kirilov what do you like 
It's all about. It comes down to Byron Buxton and Carlos. Yeah, Carlos. I mean, I think one thing is they don't need help in terms of position players, and they're getting a decent amount off the books in terms of Maeda and Gray are probably gone after the season. So I think one thing they need to do this offseason is just add to the bullpen. Like, yeah. just get some veteran relievers who can fill some of the middle reliever spots. And then another thing, or they can maybe move, like, Larnick. Okay, so they have a le- lot of left-handed hitting, like, first-base corner outfielder types. They have Trevor Larnick, Kepler, Wallner, Emmanuel Rodriguez, Kepler, and then I guess eventually Walker Jenkins, too. But he's, like, probably three, four years away. So I don't know how much they're thinking about that now. But it's like all those guys are pretty much going to be big league ready sometime. Well, like they're all big league ready now except for Rodriguez. And he'll probably be like ready sometime next year. So I think Larnick gets traded. Maybe Kepler's option didn't get doesn't get picked up. Or like they pick it up and then they trade him. And there's also some discussion around like, like Max Kepler with Jorge Polanco. Like Kepler is one team option. Polanco has two more years of team options. Like are they the future? Like. Brooks Lee is coming up. He's probably going to play second base. So what are they going to do with Polanco? Like Matt Wallner, he's probably a right fielder, left-handed hitting right fielder. Do they want to keep Kepler? Like it's kind of, they have a lot of decisions to make after this year with guys who have been with them long-term. And then other thing like Willie Castro has been very good for the twins this year is like sort of a utility player, but they have Nick Gordon too. And they probably can't, they're they're the same. They probably can't have two of them on the roster. So which one are they going to go with? Are they going to trade one? And then the other thing, I think the main thing is like, what are you doing in center field? Because you have like Buxton is an option, but we don't really know what's Royce Lewis can play there. But like, obviously he got injured doing that last year. I don't know how that, is that like dumb luck or can they not play center field? Like, it's so weird. Like they don't. in In our position, we can't even really make like a, we can't even really make predictions based on for Byron Buxton playing center field or not, because we just, we don't have that info. How healthy is he? Like, so no one like, knows. Yeah, exactly. Like, watching him run down first base is like, if you watch it, it just, it doesn't look like he's, it looks like there's something that's just bugging him when he's running. Yeah. Okay. And I think one interesting option for center field is Austin Martin, former top prospect out of Vanderbilt. Obviously, really? I, yes. So he was a shortstop, but it seems like he's, gonna play center field they like center field would be his best position and we've i don't know like he could be sort of like above average field like a slightly above average fielder in center who is like an average hitter with like good on base and good speed because we always know like he has the hit tool like this year in triple a he's a 13 percent walk rate like we know he has a good eye so it's like he's not gonna hit for power but if he can be like a 100 WRC plus guy with above average fielding, like that's better than they're getting probably for Michael A. Taylor right now. So I think he's an interesting option. He's obviously former top prospect who's kind of fallen away. And then I can genuinely just go try to get another center fielder, like Harrison Bader, maybe, but I, but to be honest, Harrison Bader is one of the most overrated players to me because I think like Michael A. Taylor is like ninety five percent as good as him. Like yeah. they're they're hitting like, a yeah. similar, and Bader's like barely a better fielder. But the other thing, and Bader's gonna cost more. And yeah. also Bader is very he gets injured a lot, and Michael A. Taylor is like a rock. Like he never gets injured. 
Yeah, which is huge. So like, because yeah, they have so many like guys who they have so much team control over. Like their like their future it's success. A, it's a good problem to have as an as an organization, but it just makes you make these decisions where it's okay. So, so from from the left, everything besides first base, you just have a you have an influx of Royce Lewis. Carlos Correa, Brooks Lee, Jorge Polanco is, I mean, those are going to kind of be your main pieces, but do you try to move one? You can't even move them to a corner, though, because we there's guys in the corner, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're going to need to move, like, a left-handed outfielder. They're going to need to move Gordon or Castro. They're, they're, they might want to move a starter, maybe, for, like, a good center fielder. I don't know. I think like Bailey Ober is someone that could get moved, but it would have to be like a very good return because he's obviously like a pitcher with like four years of team control, who's probably like gonna be like a mid mid to high threes guy, which is very valuable. I don't know. And I think like Rocco Baldelli, just to think about it, is it is his job in jeopardy? I mean, if he makes the playoffs this year, probably not. He's probably staying, but he's kind of been the team's been weird where they've had solid rosters and they've kind of just been like an okay team not making the playoffs I think that this I this posting I think is going to be a very similar postseason to past for the twins I mean they're gonna make it there I don't don't think that like they go deep I think it's it's better than 2019 though in my opinion because think about who you had Jose Barrios game one Randy Dobb game two and then you had Jake Odorizzi game three like you have so many options and I think when you get to the bullpen or when you get to the playoffs like some of the bullpen issues are solved because somebody like Louis Varlin could be in the bullpen somebody like Bailey Ober could be in the bullpen Joe Ryan might be in the bullpen depending on how healthy he is like depending on who you go with as your playoff rotation the other starters kick over to the bullpen so who do you who do you think the postseason three is okay i think paulo lopez and sunny gray are your one and two you could, no yeah, question about that mean. and then i think the third spot is between maeda who's been very good recently and then joe ryan who had an amazing start to the season and then he had the like the weird after the complete game shutout he threw he got blown up in atlanta and then we found out a month later that he had made like six starts injured so yeah and he didn't tell anyone which is kind of insane. So, um, and anything else? I mean, the other thing I would say is they could trade starting pitching because David Festa and Marco Raya, who are two solid starting pitching prospects, are probably going to yeah, be but, ready next year. But if yeah, so I don't know if they necessarily should though, because if they're losing Sonny, most likely and Kenta Maeda, lose Kenta. So then you you fill those roles with a mix of. Festa, Varland, and Raya, hopefully. And Paddock, too, is coming back. And Chris Paddock. So, I mean, you it's could look at... Good I mean, you, yeah. yeah, you could look at it two ways. You could be like, oh, we could trade Bailey over and then rely on Raya to fill the five spot. Or you could be like, Raya has no room. Like, we have a full rotation. We could trade him. Like, you could go either way with it. I think that they're going to... I think that Derek Falvey is going to end up keeping... I don't think that they're, we're really going to trade starting pitching because... Like at the beginning of this year, we had the opportunity to get rid of. We had we had a deep 
like we had deep starting road a deep starting rotation we had seven eight guys that we well yeah mal like mally was healthy too so So when mally was healthy you had bailey over in triple a you had louis varland in triple a and you had simeon woods richardson who looked really good (laughs) at the end of last year in triple a yeah so and we kept all of them so i think that it's just gonna be the same thing and especially seeing the twins seeing what happened this year with Mally going down, with Paddock still recovering, and then you have to, you genuinely, and Maeda went down too. So then you had to have Ober and Varlin both pitching. Yeah. Every fifth day. And they've so, been like pretty, I mean, they've been pretty healthy this year too. Like it's not like they've had a ton of injuries. So, yeah, no, they haven't. Like, especially keeping, I mean, Joe Ryan just had this thing flare up, but Joe Ryan, Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, Bailey Ober have been healthy pretty much the entire year close to the entire year i mean i i think like if you keep nick gordon around instead of willie castro like i think you could maybe do like some sort of like center field platoon with him with like austin martin and him perhaps we have is there roster spots for that yeah yeah that's the thing like i i it just i think in the off season they need i think to trade trade like trevor larnick i think is the one that needs to be traded package like a trevor larnick this is making me realize that the the Luis Arias deal was massive for them because they had all these guys waiting in the wings. Yeah, like you had you had Eddie Julian now coming up. You also have Brooks Lee coming up. You have Carlos Correa. You have Royce Lewis. I mean, I I think the issue is that Byron Buxton just screws everything up because you have no idea <laughs> if he can play center field. And then it's like Julian obviously isn't good in the field. So like ideally, like your lineup is like Lewis at or like Brooksley at third, Correa at short, Royce Lewis at second, like Kirilov at first, and then Julian at DH. But then it's like, mm-hmm. do we have to play Buxton at DH? Is he even good? Can he even hit? Like, can he play center field? It kind of just screws everything up. Yeah. But they probably know more than us. So they probably have a better idea. That's the thing. They know we don't know any of this. Yeah. Like I said, it's all behind the curtain. We can't really see it. So until until there's more release to the media, especially after the year, I think stuff will come out. He might end up getting the surgery. Um which honestly, like it's not it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, he needs surgery and the whole the whole fan base blows up. I feel like it needs to be done at some point. Yeah. And yeah. All right. Um, so reviewing, I mean, if we ranked it in terms of how confident we are, I feel like it's pretty close to the order that the AL Central is in right now. Twins, I think we think has the best outlook for the next three years. Guardians followed, and then the Tigers, and then the White Sox. I would say Royals. I would say Royals, White Sox. I was going to say Royals, White Sox, yeah. So, I was actually going to say that too. Yeah, well, I just think the White Sox get worse next year and the Royals get better, so. I agree. And the following year. Yeah, following year. I agree. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to Episode 7 of The Thermometer. We will see you on the next episode. Thank you.